hello and good evening saints praise king jesus how are you all this evening um my name is michelle and welcome to my podcast i'm just passing through briefly it's been a busy week and i feel like we need to touch base a little bit at least yeah I hope that you're doing well and um, happy Women's Week to every woman out there, every lady, every female species out there. <laughs> yeah, even the chickens. <laughs> um, I hope that you're doing good. Um, can we humble ourselves for an opening prayer before I get too busy mouthing off? Praise King Jesus. Right. Father, I thank you for this afternoon, struck evening. Um, it is uh, 4 p.m. in my country. Um, thank you for the opportunity to speak to everybody out there. I thank you for everybody that's listening in. I thank you for the word that you have put on my heart. And, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come down and use me, use my vocal cords to pass the message across to the best of my ability by the power of the Holy Spirit in that by these words everybody that's listening out there um, can get a deliverance in Jesus mighty name we have prayed amen and amen right so guys um, I was taking a stroll yesterday through the book of Exodus um, at the family altar and um, I was um, I was attracted by um, Exodus we were doing Exodus 20, my family and I, but I I, I, I I, got special interest in verses 19 and 20. It kind of like lit a bulb in my mind and it hasn't left since then. So I've decided to come back today and talk to you briefly about it and hopefully it shall bless somebody out there, okay? So let's read the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 19 and 20. Praise God. Um, it reads are you there exodus 20 verse 19 to 20 Um, if you're new to this podcast uh, we are in the habit of having a bible close by and a notebook and a pen in case there's something that's worthy of um, noting down and usually there is so grab your bible quickly grab your notebook grab your pen if you're listening on the go that's okay as well the holy spirit is around and jesus promised us when he was leaving that we mustn't worry when we're asked anything because the holy spirit will remind us of what to say according to what jesus said to us so as you listen to me i pray that um everything that's from the throne of grace will stick in your mind so that at an appointed time in future when you need the scripture or this revelation it can work for you just perfect praise king jesus Amen. Okay. Exodus chapter 20, verse 19 to 20. Just to give you a history, this is about the people um, of Israel, right? The Exodus. The the people of Israel were traveling from Egypt to the promised land. And um, if I'm to start from verse 19, my Bible has got subtitles. I am using the New King James Version, the Study Bible by Holman. And um, the the, the subtitle is um, The People Afraid of God's Presence. Okay. So um, just to to give you a a full picture, I'll start from verse 18. But I'm most interested in 19 and 20. Praise God. Okay. Exodus 20 verse 18. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings and the lightning flashes 
the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking and when the people saw it they remembered and stood afar off verse 19 ah, ah they trembled Oof. rewind exodus 20:18. now all the people witnessed the thunderings the lightning flashes the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking and when the people when the people saw it they trembled and stood afar off verse 19 then they said to moses you speak with us and we will hear but let not god speak with us lest we die verse 20 and moses said to the people do not fear for god has come to test you and that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin praise king jesus now these children of israel from the days of um from the time of the burning bush when god approached moses uh, to say to him that go and to egypt and deliver my people get them out of captivity since those days it's always been moses that's been the go-between between um the children of israel and god right and now they came to a point where they said you know what why don't we meet the dude ourselves <laughs> sorry the dude being god why don't we meet god ourselves you know i like i like to make the bible real god is very relatable god is our father god is our friend he's the covenant keeping god he's the god who will be what you need him to be depending on your situation now today i want to talk about god as our friend and father praise king jesus okay so the, the the children of israel it's always moses that went to speak to god on their behalf he was the in in what's, what's the word the mediator the, the, the go-between person okay so this time around god came down to speak to the children of israel himself and this is the reaction that we're getting right these people saw thunder they saw lightning they saw you know uh, flashes and uh, the mountain there was the mountain was so full of smoke have you seen that movie from back in the day about the exodus it was so hilarious like they ran off one sound of the, the voice of the lord and they took off it was so hilarious it's an old movie right and then they said to moses you know what we can't handle this let him speak to you and you can speak to us okay lest we die for fear of dying praise king jesus now that's um a verse 19 i want to talk about verse 19 um I'm trying to think of an example in my life so we can make this relatable. My um, most um, my previous job, I had a boss. She's um, her name is Kylie. She's a lovely lady. She's Australian, very sweet and and you know, little like she's a she's my height. Like she's not a giant. She's not scary, but she commanded authority there was something about her that a lot of people did not know how to go about her but by the grace of god i got favor in her sight and i think it is because i sought to understand who she was before she came into the office praise king jesus um i used to work for heineken international and um she the, this company did a lot of expatriating of um the employees so this lady came to work with us in nairobi from um was it south korea somewhere in korea so before she came in um i thank god for the spirit of wisdom i took it upon myself to do some research about her 
and um, my company, because it was in so many countries at the time, we counted 177. Right now, it could be more. And um, we um, we had um, this system on our computers where you could access. As long as the person worked for Heineken, you could send them an instant message because there was a database for everyone's contacts. So. I found out who her personal assistant was in, in uh, Korea and this girl, she's so lovely. Everything I asked her, she gave me. So I asked her, um, tell me who Kylie is. What should I do to make her stay in Nairobi super comfortable? Because I was going to work with Kylie as a number one, um, her personal assistant and on top of my other job. So, uh, so <laughs> this lady said to me, Michelle, good question make sure that her fridge is stuffed with diet no 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 coke zero she loves coke zero coca-cola but the zero one coke zero no sugar and then she said to me um she's a health freak she likes her fruits she likes to work out she's all about a healthy life lifestyle and what else did she say to me she loves her coffee I said, brilliant, that's okay. And because on my job, I was also in charge of um, protocol. And what is protocol? Protocol is um, you, the, 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 the summary of the job role is to make sure that whoever migrates from any other country to Nairobi has a very comfortable, a soft landing. You take care of their visas and their accommodation and everything that's required for one to settle in. It's to do with travel, basically. So anyway, <laughs> I, I got Kylie a house. And before I got her a house, for I didn't get her the house. The brokers did, but I made sure everything was on point. She needed a hotel between moving into her home and, and um, between arrival and settling into a, her house in Nairobi. So I got her the hotel and I did a good job of praying for her room. I prayed for her a lot. Proverbs 21 verse 1. Um, Proverbs 21 verse 1 says that the hearts of kings are in um, the hands of... Let me open it up quickly in case somebody needs it and they need favor with their boss. It's my favorite when dealing with human beings because humans... It's in Proverbs 21 verse 1. It reads that um, Proverbs 21, verse 1. It reads, yeah, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Praise King Jesus. So I love this scripture a lot. And I use it when I'm dealing with people. If I have a presentation to make uh, at work or if I'm meeting a new person and we're going to work together, when I'm praying for them, I pray to God to soften their hearts, to make our hearts aligned so that we can work well together, so we can be in one accord. So yeah, I prayed for Kylie a lot. And, and I, I did what I could physically, right? I addressed the spiritual part and the physical part. So by the time she got to the office, we were already good friends. <laughs> she could relate with me best because she was everybody was a stranger to her. And um, when she got to Nairobi, she got in over the weekend. <laughs> when she opened her fridge, the entire first row was red. 
Coke Zero. And then I, I outdid myself. I went to um, somewhere in Nairobi on the way to Two Rivers where they sell lovely baskets. So I got a fruit basket. I filled it with apples, pears, grapes, bananas, and I put it in um, her kitchen table. So I put those little things so that she can feel like she's welcome to Nairobi. She's welcome to Heineken, East Africa. Praise King Jesus. So by the time she came into the office on Monday, she came and asked everybody, where's Michelle? They showed her my desk and she came to me and said, um, would you like to do lunch? And I thought, okay, I will. But then I said to her, but um, I am fasting, but I'll come and sit with you at lunch. Then she said, yeah, that's fine. Come along anyway. So from there, she and I established a good relationship. And it stayed that way for the entire time that I worked with her, which was about for one, I think it was about a year. There were, of course, there were some glitches but I knew, I, I sort of understood her. I sought to understand who she was or who she is so that I could work well with her, so that she could find, uh, so that she could be comfortable with me. There's a time when, um, first of, to get favor, I don't know how we're moving towards um, favor with the bosses now. The first step is to do everything that you're supposed to do. So I would do everything that I'm supposed to do work-wise. Then I'd top it up with little things that she likes. For example, we got up one morning and the coffee machine had gotten spoiled. And this is a lady that can't function outside of coffee. So I carried my coffee machine from home and brought it to the office. And then when she came to get coffee, she said, well, why does the, cause she was very observant. Why does the coffee machine look different? I said to other, other other ones broken. We need to buy a new one. And then she said, whose is this? I said, that's mine. And then she looks at me like, um, I said to her, I don't, it's coffee is not urgent for me. I can do without it at home until we find one for the office. But I knew I had ticked a big fat tick. But that's why did I do that? If she has not taken her coffee in the morning, then she'll be cranky and the rest of us will... <laughs> I don't know where I had this saying that when the elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers, yeah? When the big boss is in a bad mood, the rest of us suffer, especially I, who reports to her directly. Like, I remember one time she called me into her office because she was so frustrated and because she asked me, okay, Michelle, when is Eid, whatever, because there's two types of Eid, yeah? The public holiday. And I said to her, I don't know. It depends on uh, when the Muslims will see the moon. She was this very, very structured lady. And then she, she became so agitated. But, but, but Michelle, we can't work with this. I need to schedule a meeting with head office and I don't know, Kenya Revenue Authority. And I need to know, well, when is it? I said, mom, we have got no idea. It depends on when the moon will be out. The appearance of the moon determines the bank holiday. Outside of that, I do not know. And then she said to me, go and find out from um." the Kenyans because she knows I'm Ugandan. Go ask every Kenyan in the office. I knew what the answer was. I stepped out just to please her and I came back and I said, nobody knows. When the moon comes out, then we shall know if we are working on that day or not. So she, she really, really lost it. But she and I had gotten to a part where I knew her so well. I knew that side of her. And that's how I was before Christ. Like, I, oh, I have this to-do list. I always had... I, I don't respect my to-do list anymore because I've learned to be led by the Holy Spirit. I had a to-do list on my desk where by 10 I have to have achieved this, that and the other. And then I have to do this, then I have to do that. Everything was, I have to achieve this by a certain time. Yeah. And whatever I finish, I take off. I'm one of those early risers when I used to uh, work in the office. By 10 a.m. I've 
finish most of the tasks of the day and I'm now able to relate to other people's tasks. So that's how she was as well. I don't know if she is still like that because it's been a good few years. So anything outside of her program really agitated her. I just gave you an example of um, Eid. But I want to come back to how I was able to get into her heart to the extent of um, when she felt like she couldn't stand uh, the heat on her desk, she'd come to my office and say, Michelle, can we go for ice cream? And then we'll walk down to Westgate because our offices were in Westlands, Nairobi. We walk down to Westgate and we choose lots of different ice creams and chocolates. And then she would come and distribute to the office. Don't worry, I'm getting to the point. So <laughs> we got to a part where when people in the office felt like an ice cream or uh, chocolate, they would say to me, Michelle, go and tell Kylie to buy us ice cream. And I'm thinking, why don't you tell her yourself? Then they would give me that look of how <laughs> she might slap me. And, and this is how the children of Israel were, right? God came to them and they trembled because they didn't know how to go about God. Yeah. They didn't have a relationship with God. So they said, they said to, to Moses in um, chapter 19 of verse 20, um, you speak with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. Right? Like we can't, we don't know the outcome of dealing with God. Just do it for us. We'll just stay on this side. You go speak to him, come and tell us what he wants. Right? And then Moses said to the people, do not fear. For God has come to test you that, that his fear may be before you and that you may not sin. You may not sin before the Lord. I want us to break down this scripture. I just gave you a preamble. I just gave you my story with my former boss as an example. But I want us to come back to Moses and the children of Israel now. Why do I want to talk about Moses and the children of Israel? I feel like this represents the church these days. Moses being the man of God, the head pastor of the church, and the congregation being the children of Israel. Yeah? I This podcast, guys is about the word of God. Words that I, Michelle, use and sometimes using my personal experience to point to you, to point you to the word of God, to point you to, 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 to enable you to relate with your God because he's very, very relatable. And I want, I want everybody to have a personal relationship with God. Like when all is said and done, you and your God have some things that you do together that nobody else can access. Praise King Jesus. To be in such a good place, you with your God, that when you go and sit in front of Moses or the man of God, he is just a top-up. One, it simplifies your salvation work because you hear from God. Two, it makes Moses' life very difficult. This guy Moses suffered with the children of Israel a lot. First of all, there were so, so many. He got to a point where he could not deal with them directly because he was handling a lot of issues. And if it hadn't been for his father-in-law, Jethro, who came to visit him and said to him, you know what, dude, you need to get to, 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 to choose a team to help you handle these people and then this team like managers they can come and report to you as the md and then you know what to take back to god or what to handle there was a lot of um drama before that but please go and read the book of exodus i don't like to tell you everything because then i'll kill the movie it's a very nice book to read it's interesting especially if you are in if you are a leader at work or if you intend to be a leader why am i even talking about leadership everybody is a leader 
Maybe you're a leader at home, a wife or a dad. Maybe you're a leader at school, in a workplace. Exodus chapter 18 is your baby. Just go and read it and dissect it. It is so beautiful. It gives good advice on how to lead effectively. You can't be a one-man team leading hundreds of people. It's good to delegate because you can crack. Praise King Jesus. So anyway, quick run back to Exodus chapter 20. As we have said before, the way you and I study the word is um, we use the SPES acronym and one of the, the letters in SPES is E at the end and E is an example. So we're using the example of the story of Moses and the children of Israel to relate to, uh, to the church, the man of God or the woman of God, the head pastor and the church. Praise King Jesus. So I find that us Christians, we've become so lazy and given all the, the authority, we've led everything at the feet of the man of God and and he's the one that goes to God for us, right? But guys, there's a lot of gold when you reach the throne all by yourself to a certain extent. Obviously, you won't be at the level of the man of God, but you'll grab something. You'll get something so that by the time you sit under the man of God, he's topping you up. He's confirming something that God said to you earlier and everything will go a lot smoother. Men of God or pastors have paid a major price to get to where they are, to to gain access to the throne of grace, for God to trust them to lead an entire church. They have paid a price. They have been tasted, right? So, they you will find that a good number of them, those that are walking upright anyway, a good number of them are very successful because they have fulfilled um, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, right? They have read the word, they have accessed God and their lives are prosperous, yeah? The, the, Joshua 1 8 says, um, the book, these words, this book of the law shall not depart from your lips. You'll meditate in it day and night and you'll purpose to do what is in it and then you shall make your way prosperous. Now, these people, for them to stand in front of you and give you a message, they have internalized, they've read the word of God. Yeah? They've read the word of God. That's why it's easy for them to come to the pulpit and tell you all of these lovely scriptures and they tell you all of these words, right? Because they have spent a lot of time in the secret place. Right, And by the way, this is not all pastors. There's pastors that go to the pulpit and give you versions of their lives and a summary of something that looks like what's in the word. But then again, I I want you to know that that is your fault. You've empowered them to lead you, but you have not gone back to prove what it is that they're saying because the Bible says we should test every spirit. And now they're feeding you what they're feeding you. And life is not making sense as a born again. But that's outside of what we're discussing today. I want to talk about the man of God. I want to talk about your Moses, your pastor. Moses has paid a certain price. Moses is trusted by God to come and deliver messages to you, right? Moses has read the word, meditated in it. So the word does not depart from his lips. How? He comes to you and puts, he pours into you whatever he's heard from God. Praise King Jesus. Now, Moses has to purpose to do. That's a different subject in itself. If you're if your Moses, if your pastor purposes to do what the word says, he shall not be broke. He shall not be poor. He will be super blessed, right? So now you, you came to church, yeah, because you want to be prosperous. Joshua 1.8 says, I haven't opened it up, but you can open it up. The last few lines say, 
You should purpose to do what is in this book so that you may make your way prosperous, which means you have your, the key to your prosperity. Your pastor has done all of these things. That's how he has three cars, a jet plane, a yacht, and everything. But these are the same people in church that sit around and say, Oh no, man of God is too rich and we are so broke. Look at how how beautiful his house looks. How And then you even start to say to yourself, Oh, he must be using the tithe. No. He has read the words in the book of the law. He has purpose to walk according to what they say. He meditates in them and he even teaches you. Nobody learns the word of God and teaches this teaches it to other people and stays broke. How do I know that? It is in the book of Ezra. Oh my God, I thought I'd be here for a few minutes, but since the Holy Spirit wants us to talk about it, let's run quickly to the book of Ezra. Ezra is my... um, This is the guy I look up to this season. I read about him and I <laughs> I felt I was I was challenged, holy challenge. Yeah. Ezra, I think it's in chapter 8. So your man of God is like Ezra, right? The whole of chapter 8. I can't take you through it. I can only pull out some snippets, but all I can say to you is that Ezra is a is an offspring of um he's a descendant of one of the kids of, of one of the people that were taken into captivity in Babylon and when captivity time was over it was time for them to return to um to return to to, to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple right so we look at Ezra i don't know who was taken to Babylon either his grand grandparents or great grandparents i do not know what i know is while he was in captivity he purposed to know god he purposed to look for god himself praise king jesus and because of that he mastered the word of god praise king jesus he purposed to master the word of god oh guys we're looking at ezra um chapter 7 not 8 it it talks about um the arrival of ezra ezra chapter 7 uh-huh. Verse 6, for example, reads, This Ezra came up from Babylon, and he was a skilled scribe in the law of Moses. A skilled scribe in the book of the law. A skilled scribe in the Bible. What's a scribe? The people that understood the scriptures and wrote them down. Like he was skilled in the Bible, which the Lord God of Israel had given. The king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord that was upon him. What am I saying? When you go into the secret place, when you seek to know who God is, you get access to everything because there the hand of the Lord comes upon you. I was talking about the man of God that heads your church, that is super rich, and you walk around thinking, why is he so rich and I am broke? You are the child of Israel who, when God came to meet you, you ran off. You're the one I'm talking about in Exodus 20 verse 19. This is what they said to Moses. Oh, no, 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 Moses. You speak with us. We shall hear you, but don't let God speak with us lest we die. They're so afraid of the presence of the Lord because the presence of the Lord comes with there's reverent oh there's it comes to get into the secret place is a process i know i'm always sending you to read your bible and it may not make sense right now but you need to start somewhere first of when you learn the word of god he will test you for everything that he has taught you he will test you and this is what moses said to them he said and moses said to the people do not fear 
this is Exodus 20, 19. I'm sorry, I'm throwing you all over the Bible, but when you go back and read for yourself, you'll get even greater revelation. Hmm? Moses said to the people, do not fear. For God has come to test you. So every time God comes to you, there will be a test. First off, he's looking for a relationship. And a good number of us come to Christ because we want something. I want a husband. I want a business. I want this. I want, I want, I want. And he's thinking, thank you so much. But I want you. I want you to want me as well. I want to be your father and you to be my child. How about we start from there? So when you seek to know him and you think you've understood a certain precept in the Bible, there will be a test to prove if your spirit is right, if you have understood him. When you pass that test, another one will come. So a mature Christian, when they see a trial, when they see a test, it's a case of, why, this doesn't look juicy, but I can't wait to see how it all ends. Because when it's, when, when it's done, I shall wear the crown of glory and I shall graduate to an anointing right? And this is what I was talking about. The reason why this person is your pastor, they have passed the test. No test, no testimony. They went through a lot for them to get the anointing to stand in front of you and tell you what they have to tell you. That is why for them, when the Lord comes, they don't tremble, they don't run off because they have learned. This is what verse 20 says of Exodus 20. Yeah. And Moses said to the people, do not fear. For God has come to test you, that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. He comes to test you. You go, you go into the presence of Lord, of the Lord in the secret place. How do you do that? Please listen to my, my other podcasts, right? Uh, there's one called uh, Scratch My Back, I Scratch Yours, the presence of the Lord. Go and learn to read your Bible. Read Ephesians 1.17 so the Lord may open up your eyes to understand what you're reading, to give you revelation, to give you understanding, so that you may know the hope of the calling, to, so, that, so that you may know your calling and access the riches of his glory. Praise King Jesus. So when you go in the secret place and read your Bible every day and purpose to know who God is, he will start to speak with you. He'll tell you what he wants and what he does not want. And when you feel like you've gotten somewhere, sometimes you'll bring a test. There's no school where there's no tests. And then, then no test is easy. P1, primary one, year one, whichever way, you, whichever time you use in order for a child or a student to graduate to another level, there's always a test. And when you pass the test, you learn not what to do and what not to do. Because it said, the Lord has come to test you, that's what Moses said, that his fear may be before you, so that you may know what not to do in his presence, and so that you may not sin. Praise King Jesus. But I want to run back quickly to, um, to this uh, man of God and, and why he's so blessed, right? He is so blessed. Either he's very blessed or he's in the process of getting blessed or he's super, super blessed. Either way, be, by virtue of his job, because he has purpose to know what the book of the law says. And his, his, uh, there's another scripture in here that brings it out nicely. He learned what God wants. He learned how to be in his presence. And now God has trusted him with his word to come back and teach you. That automatically leads him to prosperity. So once again, if you are a servant of God and you're not seeing the prosperity part, two things. Either you're still in school in the test process which I believe most of us are, or in the test process, once we pass it, it leads into prosperity, or 
you're living the life because you're tapping into the riches of his glory yeah he gave you the revelations ephesians 1:17 you went in got the revelation and now you're walking according to your calling and now you can access the glory hope i'm making sense okay ezra chapter 7 verse 10 For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. Praise King Jesus. <laughs> This man of God Ezra. I want to talk about Ezra because it's the best example I can get of a Moses or of a man of God, right? That he prepared his heart. You know, there's there's, there's things your pastor went through before you met him at the pulpit. So I want to give you the history of it. He prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. That is why he can go and the Lord gives him your message and trusts him to come and speak to your entire church. And what I'm beseeching you right now is try and access the throne also so that you can be halfway in between. Yeah? So that at some point you also graduate from being the bank bank the back bencher in the church to somebody that can pass the message on. All the guys that worked with Jesus at some point they were split up and they had to go different places to preach what Jesus taught them. So please don't don't be a bench warmer in church. Purpose to know the God that you chose to be with. Praise King Jesus. Yeah, your pastor he saw, he, he prepared his heart to seek the Lord. and to do what the bible says when he perfected himself in seeking the lord and and purposed you know everything starts with the heart nobody is perfect praise king jesus the lord is looking for a loyal and willing heart yeah when he purposed to do according to what he read then the lord thought aha uh-huh, this can qualify for my servant yeah and then he graduated to teaching the statutes and ordinances in Israel that's what Ezra did and that's how we we should all be right this is the best this is and and you know what the man after god's own heart david who i want to be when i grow up i like this is what his um father understood his father um uh this is what david understood and this is what he left behind for his son solomon in order for solomon to be prosperous i want to find um where is it it's in the chronicles somewhere i want to read that for you as well i want everybody to understand god to have access to god to not be afraid like the children of israel to run off when god comes to speak with them it's important to have a relationship but i don't know where i'm going to find this scripture Aha, uh-huh. praise King Jesus. Thank you Holy Spirit. 1 Chronicles chapter 28 verse 9. This is what um uh, David tells his son. He says 1 Chronicles 28 and um, verse 9. It says, "As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind." For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all intents of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. If you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Why am I bringing this scripture out? I'm talking about Ezra. I'm talking about men like Moses. I'm talking about your pastor. 
Praise King Jesus. What did they do? This is what they did. Number one of the, you know us when we dissect scripture, we like to do it line by line and choose out the operative word that applies. Yeah. First task, know the God of your father. Know the God of your father. How? Read your Bible. Even when it's still looking like French, carry on. The Holy Spirit will come and teach you which way to go. He'll teach you yourself. I told you that from before. Proverbs 32, 8. Is it 8 or 18? He says, I will come and teach you myself. Your pastor can only take you so far. If you're traveling from Kampala to Entebbe, he'll only take you up to the, uh, what can I say, the clock tower. The rest of the journey is yours. Your pastor gives you 45 minutes on a Sunday, 15 minutes on a work day, because you have to dash off to work. You need a whole hour alone with God, so you can help your pastor to help you. Praise King Jesus. I don't know how many of you here are teachers, but there's students that are easy to teach because they go out of the way as opposed to those that wait to be imparted 24-7. David is saying to Solomon, as for you, my son, this is the best legacy that David left for his son. One, know the God of your father. After you know him, what happens? Serve him. Serve the Lord. And this is what happened to Ezra. Ezra purpose to Ezra, eh? In chapter 7, verse 10, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, to know God. And after knowing God, what was he supposed to do? To do what the book of the law says. And after that, what happened? He proceeded to teach. How long have you been going to church? 15 years and you're just in the process of knowing, knowing. Like how much do you need to know? You, you, The anointing that's been, every time they're anointing people, you're called out, the hands are laid on you. How are you? You need to be a tributary. How are you spreading it out? The anointing, the drums of the anointing are there in the backyard, rotting away. You know, oil expires as well. So my prayer is that there better be a group there if it's okay. I mean, you can go and speak to trees. You can speak to your family. Pass on what you have learned. Because now I want us to qualify. I want us to be prosperous like the Ezra's, like our pastors, like Moses. Praise King Jesus. Yeah, Solomon said to David, know the God of your father, serve him. But how do you serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind? How do you serve? Now I'm talking to servants of God, people in ministry. How do you serve with a loyal heart and a willing mind? If those two are not there, you are not serving. Because God looks at the intents of, he searches all hearts. That's what he's saying here. And he understands all of our intentions. So if you wake up to Asha, but your heart is not there, how about you just sleep? Because these, these are the precepts. These are the laws. That This is how it works. Thank you for so much for serving me. But are you doing it with a loyal heart and a willing mind? And how do you gain the loyal heart and the willing mind? Know him. If you don't know him, it's very hard to serve him. That's how you get servants of God looking at how much will they pay me? Or is the pastor seeing me? Or is the pastor, oh, oh my God, I have to go before pastor comes. No. It is God. God sees your heart. Let me tell you something, the man of God you're running around looking at to ensure that he's seeing you, that you're in the right place. He's busy on his own agenda, prospering because he is forever in the presence of the Lord. And then he has a message to give you from the Lord. And because he has purpose to walk according to it, the Lord has trusted him. Well, there are some pastors that are, that are not walking according to the purpose and they are only operating in their gifts right now. That's their portion when they go before their father. But I'm talking to you the church goer it is the lord that sees you 
You report to the Lord, your pastor reports to the Lord. When all is said and done, at the end of the world, it is written in Romans, we shall all bow down on our knees. You, me, the pastor, the usher, the toilet cleaner, the lady that plucks the grass, all of us shall bow down and he shall be the judge. So you best organize your heart to be aligned with the heart of God. But start by knowing who he is. When you know who he is, it's very easy for you to serve him. When he calls you to serve, to clean the toilets at church, you will go running because you'll be thinking, who am I that he has given me such an opportunity like he gave to Moses? Who am I that he thinks of me as his servant? Praise King Jesus. So this man Ezra, because he purposed to know the word and to do it, and then to teach it. Life was so good for him. Everywhere he went, he was just being approved by kings, by everybody. Here we see King Atexas, um, who was the ruler at the time. Yeah? Look at the, uh, verse 11. As I think you also need to read the book of Ezra chapter 7. All of it, it is so much fun. Huh? Verse 11 reads, This is a copy of the letter that King Atexas gave to Ezra, the priest, the scribe, the expert in the commandments of the Lord and his statutes to Israel. Look at how, wow, I love this. You know, guys, if you live in Kampala and you come to, uh, to, to the city every morning, Every Wednesday, Kansanga Miracle Center Church does leadership meetings and we are blessed to have very intelligent, powerful men of God that give us so much knowledge and wisdom about leadership. Yeah. One time, um, Pastor Roland, that's his name, he said to us to look into our skills. What skill have you got? Your skill defines who you are. I really enjoyed that teaching. Your skill, you are your skill. We, we no longer live in the world where you say, oh, what is your name? My name is, my name is Malita. Uh, very good. But who are you? Yeah? You don't say, my name is Michelle. It has to be accompan- accompanied by your skill. Look at how Ezra is described. Yeah. Verse 11 of um, Ezra chapter 7. This is a copy of the letter that King Atexas gave to Ezra. Listen, listen to Ezra's, uh, your, your name should have a title, yeah? Ezra, number one, the priest. Number two, the scribe. Number three, an expert in the words of the commandments of the Lord and his statutes to Israel, four, four of them. And there's no greater expertise than the word of God because that's wisdom from above. So when they ask you, what's your name? You don't say, I am Michelle Mirembe Bayangana. Yeah, praise King Jesus. But what do you do? Who are you? Yeah. So this is who Ezra was. And because of your who you are, your skill advertises you. Praise King Jesus. When King Saul was distressed and troubled in the soul, in the spirit, they said to him, Oh, we know David, son of Jesse, who is very skilled in playing this musical instrument. And when David came along and, and, and played his instrument, instrument the, the bad spirit that had fallen upon Saul disappeared. So he wasn't just David at the time. He was the David that plays the instruments. Eh? He pulls upon the strings and everything becomes okay. So who are you? Praise King Jesus. So this is the letter that we want to talk about the letter that was written um, for Ezra. A recommendation. Yeah. Verse 13. I issue a decree that all those... I issue a decree 
but all those of the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites in my realm who volunteered to go to Jerusalem may go with you. Number one, he was given a team. The president wrote a letter for Ezra. Ezra wanted to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and the temple itself. And this is the permission he's getting. Why? First off, they told us who he was. Who you are opens doors for you. I think it's in Proverbs. A person's gift opens doors for them. Praise King Jesus. Because of the skills that he's got. And one of the, the skills here is knowing, knowing who God is and being able to teach others. So he's, he's given a team to go with. He's given gold and, gold and silver. All of that is in um, gold and silver is in verse 15. Yeah. Verse 15 says, And wherever you are to carry the gold and silver, which the king and his counselors have freely offered to the God of Israel, who dwells in Jerusalem. Listen, the king gave Ezra freely gold and silver. And they said to him, Do with it whatever you find that is as in use it the best way you feel. So he's trusted with a lot of money. They don't say to him, bring accountability. Yeah? He is trusted by, by the, because he read, <laughs> praise King Jesus, he understood the book of the Lord. Guys, when I send you to read the Bible, it's not just a boring book. It teaches you how to profit. It teaches you which way that you should go. How to be trustworthy with money. This man was skilled in the book of the law. So the president did, didn't, did not doubt his. He was trusted with a huge budget. Praise King Jesus. Yeah. He was, he was told in verse 18. In whatever seems good to you and your brethren. Do it the rest of the silver and gold. Do according to the will of your God. Because they knew that everything Ezra did was according to the will of God. That's why Ezra was super loaded. Yeah. Listen to verse 21. And I, even I, at Texas, the king, issue a decree to all the treasurers who are in the region and beyond the river that whatever Ezra, the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven may require of you, let it be done diligently. Wow. The president of Uganda is saying to I would like to put my name to that person that is so skilled in the word of God. I trust you with this place. I trust you with all this money. I've trusted you with all these people. And whoever, whoever goes with you, they should do what they have to do diligently. A person that knows the word of God. A man of God that knows the word of God. Yeah? Verse 23, whatever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it diligently be done for the house of God of heaven. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? Now, this is a text that says he's so smart. He's saying to, to, to Ezra and the team that these guys, we need to give them everything that they need. Because if we don't, we shall bring a curse upon our, a, a, a curse upon our family. Now, this is a message to the president of whoever or you, governor of wherever you're governing. When you come across a man of God that's doing the work of God and they need your permission to do something, let them be so that a curse does not come upon you. Praise King Jesus. Listen to verse 23. And you, Ezra, according to your God-given wisdom, set magistrates and judges who may judge all the people who are in the region and beyond the river. So, because... This man of God is so skilled in the word and what to do. He has got God-given wisdom. 
Guys, the reason I'm talking about all of this is to push you into the secret place. Why? To read that Bible. That Bible is better than a master's degree, a PhD. If you have got them, we bless the Lord. Merge what you have studied in school with the word of God and you'll be unshakable. We are moving into a revival. We are... We are experiencing a revival right now. We are moving into a realm where if you are skilled in the word of God, you will be higher than everybody else. God-given wisdom. We are migrating from IQ to moral authority. How do you... I loved, I loved working for Heineken at the time. I didn't know, but now when I look back, I know why God let me work there, even after I got born again. Praise King Jesus. These guys, we would do retreats every once a year. There's something that we did, um, they would give us, I think they're called psychrometic work. Psychrometic tests. I don't know what they're called. Those HR people know these things. They call you and ask you random questions, like um, if if you were to choose between a fork and a knife to have your meal, what's quicker for you? And then when you say knife, they're able to establish your character depending on your answer, that sort of thing. When they gave us our results back, um, one of those years when we did these things, I was amazed by my results because um, what they said about me was, Michelle, you, when, when there's a, when there's a, a, something at the office like a conflict at the office you run home and tell somebody at home i was i was blown away when i got these results we were at a retreat i think we were in diani i think we were flown to the what's that swahili beach that resort that's where we were given these uh, tests and results. And I sat back and I thought, these guys are so smart. Whoever came up with this program is so smart because he sussed me out. Why? If you piss me off at work, I have no business leveling with you because I don't know what I don't know the spirit operating behind your body. I ran home to my prayer altar and I talked to Jesus. Father, this has happened. How do I go about this human being? Give me wisdom. Give me the grace to stay calm in this situation. I refuse to have a verbal argument because our we rest on not against flesh and blood, but principalities, Ephesians. So help me, Lord. How do I go about this? And and this test sussed me out like I was, <laughs> it busted me. Yeah? Like, oh, this is what Michelle does. She may not blow up in the office, but when she goes home, there's somewhere she takes her stress. I take it to the altar. I take it to my father. Praise King Jesus. Because th that's the wisdom that the Bible has given me. That's my God-given wisdom. If I was to use my Michelle wisdom, all which I excelled at until the lovely age of 30-something when I met Christ, I would stand there with you and reason with you and tell you all the lovely words that by the time I'm done reasoning with you, you look for yourself and you can't find yourself because my tongue has tore you to pieces. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, Michelle, if it's up to you, live peaceably with all. Treat your enemies well. Vengeance belongs to me. If your enemy wants a cup of tea, give it to them. If they, want, if they want food, feed them. Then I, the Lord, when you're doing that, it will be like you're piling coals of fire on their head. In other words, I will sort them out for you. So I have no business reasoning with you. So I, I may look super stupid in your sight, but in the sight of my God, I'm, I, am, I am achieving gold. And he pays you real good. He will pay you real good. He does pay. Praise King Jesus. So this man is saying, the, uh, the Bible is saying, in, um, again, this is for example purposes. We need to be like Ezra chapter 7 uh, verse 25. And you, Ezra, according to your God-given wisdom, set magistrates and judges who may judge 
do you know a judge is the wisest person you can I came I had the, the opportunity of spending a weekend with um the former chief justice um Mr. Katureli the man was flowing with a lot of and I looked at him and I thought to myself wow this guy is like the judges in the bible he's got a super good memory yeah he tells like he gave me the the history of um somewhere in western uganda bunyaruguru he told, he knew the names of the trees he knew what lake was where by the way they own a very nice um safari lodge it's called uh Twin Lakes Safari Lodge. It's a very nice destination if you're visiting Uganda or in Uganda. If you are in Uganda and you wish to go away, it's a nice place. So I sat with the owner. The man speaks wisdom, and I thought to myself, "Wow, this guy was born with God-given wisdom to judge Uganda." Praise King Jesus. So, when you Ezra was skilled in the word of God, so he was sent to train the judges. And I just gave you an example of I haven't met a daft judge. Praise King Jesus. But because Ezra was skilled in the word of God, he um he knew what to say and he knew what to teach these clever people. Praise King Jesus. Let us be skilled in the word. We started off we started off this um <clears throat> this podcast with um Exodus 20 verse 19 to 22 we had two sections of people the ones that say oh no 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 pastor you please speak to god for us and come back and tell us what he has said and we should do we should do it then there's the people in number two like the pastor himself and a few others who have woken up and this and, and the pastor is saying to them look do not be afraid do not fear god he has come to test you so that his fear may be before you he has come to test you he has come When you meet up with him, he'll tell you what to do and not, what not to do. When you purpose to do the right thing, a test shall come along so that you can prove that you have learned so that you may not sin anymore. What is a test? Maybe I should have described a test first. A test This is the means by which the presence, quality or genuineness of anything is determined. It's a means of a trial, like to try the quality of something. So God tests you to try your quality, to assess you, to see if you're worthy, if you're fit. And once you have passed the test, then we know that you shall not sin. For example, your issue can be the women. Like you love the women so much you just do not know what to do. But the Bible is saying to you, please do not fornicate. Do not commit adultery. Do not do this. and you're struggling and struggling but when you read the bible and you see what happened to god's best friend what's his name david when david went and slept with another person's wife this is the stress that happened to them yeah sin pushes you into more sin he ended up killing the husband of this woman because the woman got pregnant so then you see david what did david do when such a thing happened because we all fall short we are human it shall happen praise king jesus but what did david do oh david went into repentance the whole of psalm 51 beautiful repentance psalm and god was like okay you know what i forgive you but there'll be you'll have to pay repercussions their son died so then you know okay if i sin he will forgive me even though there's a level of paying for my sin i'll pay for my sin but we are still friends we can move on praise king jesus so he tests you So he's given you he's told you in the book of the laws 
thou shalt not commit adultery. Thank you, King Jesus. I wish you were in my shoes. There's so many beautiful women in Kampala. They all have asses up to Mbarara town. And then they have such beautiful legs. And then their boobs are all over the place. They refuse to wear long. I mean, I can see everything. See-through blouses, skinny jeans. I can't help it, God. Do you live in Uganda? Do you even know what you're talking about? And then God will be like, no, 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 no. Read here. David. David fell short. And this is what happened. But look. I am faithful and just to forgive. And we're still best friends, David and I. That's why some kings have lived longer. I kill some, I leave them for the sake of my servant, David. I do very many good things for people these days for the sake of my servant, David. So then when you master who God is, and then it's like, wow, she's getting somewhere. Perhaps I can send her to talk to other people. And then you start to fall in this realm of prosperity to the extent that he can trust you with a lot of money. The other day I was listening to my, my pastor and he gave us a story where he was exempted from paying um, a lot of tax for something that he shipped in. I almost ran to the pulpit and told him, it's because you're an Ezra. There's, there's a, I read somewhere where the, 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 the king of Texas has said to Ezra, you will live in, you will, aha, verse 24, 724. He said, also, we inform you that it shall not be lawful to impose tax, tribute, or custom on any of the priests, the Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, basically the servants of God. All the servants in the house of the Lord are not meant to pay tax. The current president may not know the book of the law and may not know what to do, but the Lord shall put somebody in place. Because my pastor, Pastor Isaac, said one of the people he, um, one of the people that goes to his church, I think, um, a lovely person out there said to him, you know, I've always looked for an opportunity to help you. And then this person wrote a letter for him and then um, he didn't have to pay tax. I was like, yo, brother, that is where I wish to be. It is because you purpose to know the Lord, to walk according to his ways, and now he's trusted you with teaching us. And because of that, you made your way prosperous. You don't, have, you, you don't need to pay 250 million in taxes because you have got the mind of Christ. You set your heart to know who God is. You're not afraid of him because you sought him, he tested you, and now you know to stay away from sin. Brothers and sisters, I came to share that. I came to share that. I came to share Exodus 20, 19 to 20. But then it threw us into Ezra because somebody out there wants to be prosperous. And the best way to be prosperous is to read your Bible, is to understand your Bible, to live in it. So you can be the modern day Daniel. You can be the modern day Joseph. You can be the modern day Ezra. And then you can stop whining about how rich your pastor is and things are not going well. Why? You chose to sit in front of him so he can think for you, go and speak to God for you, bring back the message for you. For you, you fear the Lord. You don't, ah, no, 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 you, please God, let it, I'll come on Sunday and you'll tell me what he's saying. I shall sleep throughout the week. I will not even go for the morning prayers or lunch hour. I'll just sit here because I fear the Lord. Praise King Jesus. Let us pray. There's somebody out there that needs to give their life to Christ. You need to give your life to Christ because everything I'm telling you is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you accept God, the Holy Spirit, when you when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit will come into your life and He will reveal to you the deep the mysteries of the Scriptures. Because we want to understand the mysteries of the Scriptures so we can be better people, better citizens, better employees, better congregants in the church. Praise King Jesus. 
So um, will you put your hand on your heart if you'd love to give your life to Christ, if you're fed up of the mediocre life that you have been living courtesy of ignorance. Hosea 4.6, you have been perishing for lack of knowledge. And now that you've got this little knowledge that I've shared with you, which is not so little because the Holy Spirit has blown it apart in your mind and you feel like this is something that you need to tap into, put your hand on your chest. Lord Jesus, I come to you with a clear conscience. I believe in my heart that you died for me and you rose again and you're delivering me from my sins. I declare with my lips that I am born again. I am born again from today henceforth. Please remove my names from the book of death and write my names in the book of life so that when you come back to judge, when you come back to take your people, I'll be among them. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for giving your life to Christ. There's a huge party in heaven because you've given your life to Christ. So from today, you are born again. Okay? This is between you and your God. And this is all about you walking like Christ. But for you to walk like Christ, read your Bible so you can know who Christ is. Don't learn Christ through other people. We are all messed up. We all fall short. I may sound so God-given wisdom right now, but you don't know what's going to happen to you. Let's uh, say a prayer, all of us together with the ones that have given their lives to Christ. Father, I thank you for the message that we have, we have you, Holy Spirit, I thank you for the message that you have shared with us today. I thank you so much for the Bible. I thank you so much for the book of the law. I thank you so much for the wealth of knowledge and wisdom that is in it. And I pray, God, that you continue to open up the eyes of our understanding. Continue to give us revelation. For starters, give us a yearning for the word of God. Give us a yearning for your word, Lord. Your people want to know you, Father. We we want to live a good life. We're tired of living a life of a struggle, of doing the same thing over and over again and not getting results. Teach us your ways, Heavenly Father. You say that you'll pour your spirit on us. You give us a thirst for the word of God, not a thirst for drinking water or for food, but for your word. I pray for everybody that's listening to this podcast. Give them a thirst for your word. Make give them the ability, Lord, because it is you who works in us, according to Philippians 2 13. You work in us to give us the desire and the will. Give them the desire, Father. For those that need to buy Bibles, provide for them to buy Bibles. Help them to understand your word, your word, Lord, and to walk according to it. We want to be prosperous. We want to be like Ezra. We want to be recognized in society. We want to be the change that Uganda needs. We want to be the change that Africa needs. We want to be the change that the whole world needs. Needs. But we've, we've learned today that the wisdom that we have from our education is not enough. We need a touch of the Holy Spirit. We need supernatural power that is in the word of God. I pray that you give us a zeal for your word. I pray that you open up our eyes so that we may see, so that we may continue to understand. Give us a spirit of perseverance when the test comes along. Father, there's a born again out there that was about to give up. I pray that you visit them. Help them. Give them the ability to persevere open up their eyes to realize that what they're going through is not actually a punishment but a test so that they may sin no more. So that when you give them the blessings that you're planning to give them, the devil has no access to steal them. Purify our hearts, O Lord. Align our hearts with your heart. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen.